Welcome to Crossroads of Culture and Christianity. I'm your host, Jacob Jellison, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Hove. Today, we just wanted to spend some time talking about Christmas. Christmas is coming up this week on Sunday, and so we thought it'd be fitting for us to just spend a little bit of a time reflecting on the meaning of Christmas, the purpose we celebrate it, and I know that everybody might celebrate it differently, and there might be different viewpoints and, and things along those lines, but the fact of the matter is, is that Christmas is a time when we come together to celebrate the birth of our Lord and the fact that he did come to this earth as man to redeem mankind from their sins. And so it's a, it's a, a time that we, the, the whole world seems to, to some degree, to stop, to reflect on that. Now I realize that there are some that deny that, uh, but as a, as a general rule, Christmas is a time when all of us take the time to consider what God has done. And so we just want to spend a little bit of time talking about that today. One of the things I love about Christmas, and I I said one of the things because I'm one of those crazy individuals that I just love the whole season of Christmas and the lights, the festivities, the Christmas songs, getting together with family, the traditions. I, I, I like it all. But yeah. one of the things I like, I guess one of the, my favorite aspects probably of Christmas as far as what we do, how we celebrate it, is probably just being together. Wherever we are, we generally try to try to be together. And there's no way, sometimes in certain situations, there's no way you can be with family. I'll never forget one of the years when we were there at Free Gospel uh, teaching and working there on campus. Uh, there was one year in particular when uh, I, I was sick, didn't know what I had, kept getting worse. Finally went to the doctor. They wanted to put me in the hospital. I had a pretty good case of pneumonia. We found that out. I think it was the day before we were supposed to leave and, and go be with family for Christmas. And so we were just kind of our plans changed drastically that year. We didn't get to go anywhere, you know. Then there are cases where, you know, my wife's family was from Louisiana, my family from Illinois. When we were there in Pennsylvania, we we couldn't always travel every year to all of our family. I mean, there was just no way. And so we would yeah. kind of rotate, pick and choose. So one year we'd go to one side of the family, another the next year another side of the family as best we could. But that idea of being together, we try to at least, if we can, be together. And when it doesn't work, we at least send out a Christmas card or a text or call or maybe all of the above, you know. And so it's just that taking the time to think about those that we love, taking the time to stop and, and think about and our minds on our families and and just that time where we come away from everything else have a time of celebration and just we're thinking about the birth of our savior and especially those who celebrate Christmas as Christians, boy, it has such a deeper meaning than it would right. to those in the world. Those in the world, it's just the, well, they get to be with family, have a day off work, some good food, open some presents, you know, but for us who are Christian, it's it's got such a deep meaning for us, and we'll probably talk about that for a little bit today, but it's just, it's rich in its meaning. But one of my favorite parts of our way we celebrate it is just the fact that we spend time together, and that to me is is one of the favorites. We Normally, 
our tradition has been to travel to, again, whatever side of the family we're going to be with this particular year. This year, we won't be traveling anywhere. We'll just be staying put. But most times, it's always been that traveling somewhere. And there's just an excitement about being with others. And that's, that, that'd probably have to be a highlight for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same with us. We're, we're, we're staying put as well. So we're going to be here at, at the school. But uh, I, I agree with you. One of the things, and, and I'm certainly not opposed to presence you know we've got some gifts for our kids some things that we're excited to give them and you know as a as a parent the older you get used to when i was a kid obviously my favorite part was getting stuff you, you know before you before you really understand the true meaning of christmas and the concept of it being better to give than to receive your favorite part of christmas is you know you're going to wake up and there's going to be some cool stuff you know you're going to get to get some gifts and and things like that and I'm certainly not opposed to gifts. I, I I enjoy buying gifts for my kids and my wife and seeing them open those and, and getting what they wanted. But one of the things that I do want to point out, and I know, I know it's maybe cliche because it's been said so much, but it's true nonetheless, the, the things, the material things that we give and get this season should never take away from the fact that that's not the reason behind this. And it's easy right. sometimes for us to, it, it's easy for us to, to get to that place where we're so focused on what we're going to give or, or even, even, you know, or what we're going to get or, or, or even what we're going to give. And, and what I mean by that is it's time, you know, we've done some things differently financially this year, a new thing that my wife started doing. And actually I love it because it's been easier for us to buy our Christmas gifts. Uh, it's kind of like a savings plan that she started doing. And so now we don't have to stress out as much, which is awesome because I know for the first few years of our marriage, you know, we'd wait to the last minute, like everybody else does. <laughs> and we'd always be like, I don't have, I don't know what we're going to do. How are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? And this year she started what, what, what she calls this envelope system. And it's really, it's pretty neat and it works awesome. But she, uh, she started taking a little bit each week from, from our paycheck and she'll put it in an envelope and put it in one of her drawers and in, in our room. And so little by little, and, and really you don't think so. It's just, you know, five bucks here and there or something along those lines. But, but after a while, I mean, that really starts to add up. Yeah. And so, and so now we've, we're, we were able to pull, you know, money out and be like, okay, this is what we're going to get. And we were able to get it and not have to worry about, you know, maybe putting something on credit or something like that, you know, that, that, that many people do and we've done before. Um, but the point that I want to make is that it's, it's easy to get so wrapped up in the hustle and bustle of things. It's easy to get so wrapped up in what are we going to give? How are we going to do this? How are we going to pull this off? we got to make sure we have this just right. And we got to make sure we have that just right. And what are we going to get? And all of these material things and temporal things that, that are, that are good and we enjoy doing, but they sometimes have a tendency to overtake our minds. And, and when that happens, we really just don't give recognition, the proper recognition to who the season is about. And, and the season is about Christ. It's about the sacrifice that he made or his birth that led to the sacrifice. But it's about the fact that God became man and dwelt among sinful men. And, and, and one of the things that I would encourage you to do, and it's easy to do, but one of the things I would encourage our listeners to do is don't get so caught up in the chaos of everything and the, 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 hustle and bustle as the the old term goes of everything that you forget Christ and forget that this should be a season. You know, we should worship him every day, but it should definitely be a season when we stop and reflect on 
why he came. That's so true. I think around Thanksgiving, we talked about this as well, but the idea of celebration, it's it's healthy for our hearts to just take some time from the routine, the monotony of our day-to-day lives, and just pull away from all that and celebrate. That's healthy for us. Right. I, I don't think that's just a man's idea. That's that's God's idea. I mean, you go all the way back yeah. to the beginning and he's wanting men to celebrate creation and, and the Sabbath in essence becomes in in part at least a celebration of creation. You go back to the children of Israel and the different feasts that God gave them, there was a celebration aspect to it. It, it was something they looked forward to. They had their not just their weekly Sabbath, but they had the Sabbaths of those feasts and there was it, it was a rich time for them. And and so the idea of pulling apart celebrating, having tradition, and celebrating together, that's a healthy thing for people. And so at Christmas time, we'll do that. But as you said, the entire center of it all has to be Christ. It's it's the idea that God becomes man, steps down into the shoes of humanity, and, and he bursts into the history of humanity. And now he's going to, he, God going to live as a man. And so Christ, the son of God now does that. He lives as man. Christmas becomes a celebration of that. And that is the greatest. Uh, I mean, that holds that whole time frame as far as just his birth, his death, his resurrection, all of that, everything in the incarnation that becomes the, the foremost uh, important event in the history of humanity. And it's it's when God steps into human history. Everything in the Old Testament, it's like everything is looking forward to that time, you know, when and 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 at least uh, requiring that time. You know, even the prophecies that look beyond that time, you know, like into the kingdom of God, going into the millennial reign and and that opens up a whole array of other topics. But even prophecies that look forward into the future still rely on the fact that he came and he is the son of man. And he did come to walk in the shoes of humanity. So when it, whenever you we celebrate it, it's, it's, that's the central part of it. The fact that God became man and the greatest gift and we enter into, I mean, everybody looks at it differently, and I know everybody's got their own traditions and way of doing things. And Brother Jellison, if you personally ever have a problem with gifts, just my address is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, but right. Anyway, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's. I can't say that's ever been an issue of mine. Okay. But. Uh, but anyway, it's, <laughs> you know, God, the greatest gift, God gave his son to the world and and now we get to uh share in the giving you know god gave and we give to one another and that giving to one another whether to those we love uh and there's some ways that my family at least we've tried to include even our neighbors those around us at christmas time and use it as an opportunity to share the gospel and uh it's it's just it's wonderful to be able to enter into that and remember the reason why we celebrate. And the greatest reason is and the central reason, the whole reason behind Christmas 
is that God actually became man. He became one of us. Uh, I think Hebrews 2 talks about he took the writer of Hebrews in that chapter mentions he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. And so he comes in the form of man and he takes our place. And that's that's a tremendous message. And all of Christianity is wrapped around that message. I mean, it's it's the gospel. And that's really what it is. It's the gospel message that's at the center of Christmas. I love this time. Yeah, absolutely. We go to Luke chapter number two, which is where we read the Christmas story from. And I know that there are different pictures of it given in, in the different gospels, but Luke chapter number two is one of the ones that we most famously read. You get down to verse number 21 of Luke chapter number two. And this is after the announcement has come. They give this prophecy. The angels are speaking. And then finally, the Bible says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the, the, for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. And that was what they had, that was what the prophecy had been told to her. This is what you are to call his name. Uh, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So the angel had told Mary, this is what he is to be called. Thayer defines that, and I know different ones define it different ways, but it's all the same meaning. But Thayer defines that name Jesus as Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. And so even from the very beginning, even in the very name of Jesus, you know, the Bible tells us that there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved but it's the name of Jesus. You know, that name alone brings this, brings salvation. Uh, And it's not just the name itself, but it's the fact that God took upon himself the form of sinful man, became flesh, died upon the cross for us. And so that, that name, when you speak the name Jesus, it's a constant reminder, God is our salvation. Jehovah is our salvation. That's what the constant reminder is. It's more than just a name, but it's a message, you know, Jehovah is salvation. And so as we celebrate him and celebrate that, that meaning of what Christmas is, it's, it's, it's all wrapped up in just that one name, Jesus. When you speak that name, it's, it should be a constant reminder when you really understand and consider what all of this means, it should be a constant reminder to us that there's only salvation in that name because Jehovah alone is salvation. And so our, our means of escaping the eternal punishments of hell and our means of living a life that is free of sin and the condemnation that sin brings is only found in Jesus. And that's what's so wonderful about this is the fact that we, we take this time to celebrate that whole concept. Jehovah is salvation. That, that, that's what we're celebrating. The whole concept of I have been saved. I've been, I've been delivered from sin. I have now a right relationship with God and, and, and I have right to rights to through, through the blood of Christ. I have rights to an eternal relationship that never ends in the presence of a holy God. And so that's, that's one of the things that I just want to bring out Jesus. That's a, that, that should be a constant reminder to us. Right. He is our salvation. Yes. When you look at Christmas time, and here we are, uh, I guess this episode will go out tomorrow. We're, it's a Sunday afternoon that we're recording this, and it'll go out tomorrow. And right now, it's December 18th. Do I have that date right? You do. This episode will go out on December 19th. Right. And 
Christmas this year falls on a Sunday. So the 25th, we celebrate it on a Sunday. And I don't know, Brother Jellison, it, we don't know exactly when Jesus was born. Right. You can't conclusively prove that he was born on December 25th. You can't conclusively prove that he wasn't. You know, it just, we don't know when he was born for sure. Right. Uh, and, and on one hand, that's kind of irrelevant. Doesn't matter exactly when he was born. We still celebrate the fact that he was born. Uh, and, and so, but nonetheless, whenever we celebrate the fact that he was born into this world on December 25th, whenever you look at, and you read that account out of Luke chapter two, and Luke chapter two is a very familiar passage for Christmas time and uh, tells a story. They're going to Bethlehem. They're going to, the census is going on. They're going to pay their taxes. And when you read about them traveling, they're going out of Nazareth and traveling, going to Bethlehem. The journey would have taken them probably close to about a week. So when this episode goes out, just just the way we celebrate Christmas at December 25th, back up about a week before that, and those that are listening to this episode on Monday, that'd be about the time Joseph and Mary are probably headed to Bethlehem. She's expecting. She's right there just getting ready to give birth to her first child, Jesus. And right there, I mean, close to, uh, in one week, she's going to give birth. And here she is traveling to Bethlehem that close to giving birth. A hard journey through the hills, treacherous terrain, traveling for a week in that condition finally making it to Bethlehem. And so for next week, while you and I are celebrating and looking forward to Christmas Day, and everybody has different traditions as far as when do they get together, when do they, and and a lot of our getting together kind of depends probably more on our schedules, you know, sometimes if everybody can get off and be together on Christmas Eve, that's when we do it. If it's Christmas Day, that's when we do it. There have been times we've got together with family at other times, you know, besides Christmas Day itself. Uh, but as we get together this next week and we're looking forward to Christmas Day, it wasn't an easy time back then. Mary and Joseph, no doubt, excited about this, the birth that's getting ready to take place and this child that's going to come into their life. But nonetheless, it's it's a hard journey. Yeah. He's, when he's born, I know the angels, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. His, his birth wasn't a real peaceful time. The Prince of Peace had been born, but it's not like, you know, we sing songs sometimes, sometimes the Christmas songs. I love them. Sometimes I don't know how accurate they are. A lot of them are packed with theology. <laughs> I mean, really, you read yeah. and a lot of, like, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It, it's hard to to get a song that's packed with much richer theology than that. Yeah. But some of them, like, for instance, Away in a Manger, you know, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes, you know. I I, I don't know how accurate yeah. that is. He probably cried. Some. Right. But whenever you begin to look at the timing that he's born and even the events surrounding his birth and his time as a young child, it wasn't a peaceful time, you know. The Prince of Peace was here, but it was the times were full of chaos and trouble. Uh, and yeah. and just a few short years, and this morning I preached 
on the passage dealing with Simeon. And one of Simeon's, as he prophesied about Jesus, I didn't focus on this part, but when that elderly man, Simeon, there at the temple was there prophesying, one of the things he told Mary was this there in Luke chapter 2. He told her, he said, a sword shall pierce through thy own soul also. And so you got this idea that, I mean, it's going to be some trouble some times ahead, uh, some difficult Mm -hmm. days. Right now in this Christmas season, it's like, I don't know what everyone in our audience, what all their plans are, but some of them probably have some dark days around this time of the year, Uh, whether it's heartache, a loved one gone, whatever the case might be. Uh, But even in the middle of chaos and troublesome times, the Prince of Peace can still be in our heart. And that's a wonderful message to me, that even in the middle of chaotic, troublesome times, the Prince of Peace was there. A lot of them missed it. But he was there. He was in that manger, and and he grew up in the carpenter shop, and and even now in our day, some chaotic times, some troublesome times. Looking in the future, well, I mean, it'd be described various ways by the authors of Scripture, even. But Paul would look forward and say, "Perilous times," and yet the Prince of Peace can really rule in our hearts, and and we can have him there present with us. That's a wonderful message to me. You know, you get that from Isaiah chapter number nine, verse number six, for unto us a child is born and to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Peace. And so, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's, that's an encouraging thing to think about is the fact that he is our source of peace. And, you know, many people think one of the things, and, you know, not to derail too much, But when we talk about having joy and we talk about having peace in the Lord, that doesn't mean that it's an escape from troubling times. It doesn't mean that we never face, you know, even Christians face times of of turmoil and times of trouble. That's one of the things that I've always, if you have somebody preaching to you that Christianity is a walk in the park and it means that life is always going to be sunshine and roses, you need to run as far away from that as you can. That's not, that's not, that's not, it's not right. It's not accurate at all. You know, even those that are, that are true followers of God that are, that are truly sold out and dedicated, they're going to face hard times. I mean, good grief. You have John the Baptist that is his birth is foretold of in chapter number one of the book of Luke, right before the, uh, the account of the Christmas story that we read. And John the Baptist is, is beheaded, right. you know, he's one that was a true follower of Christ was preaching the truth. And even he went through a time where he was imprisoned and then beheaded for what he had done. So just because you're a Christian doesn't mean it's always going to be, uh, you know, sunshine and roses all the time. But joy and peace isn't necessarily dictated by the circumstances, but rather it's that assurance that we have inside of our hearts that in spite of the circumstances, there is one that is with us in the midst of it all. And, you know, that's going back to that, that, that name that was prophesied that he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us, not God overlooking us, not God distant from us, but God with us. He's with us in the midst of these troubling times with us, understanding what it's like to be in the form of human flesh and, and feel the, the different things that we go through. He understands you know, the Bible says in Hebrews that we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities. You know, he knows what we're going through and that's why he's able to give us peace in the midst of all of that. Because, and that's, that's, that is our source of peace is the assurance that he knows he cares about us 
and he's with us right. in the midst of it all. The the song Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and it was Charles Wesley who wrote that song originally. But the version we sing today, it's it's changed through the years. You know, it's people have made revisions of it, changed it, added to it, whatever. And uh, one of the popular versions of it, the third verse of that song, it's Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And that idea of reconciliation, Paul in writing to the Corinthians, his the second letter of his to them that we have in the Bible, he talks to them and talks about what God was doing in Christ, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Right. That's what was going on when Christ was here, when God was made flesh, the word was made flesh, and God became man. He didn't quit being God. He was still God, but he's now also man. And when God became man, the word was made flesh, and he took on him the seed of Abraham, came in the form of a servant, and and. Now he's in this world. What was going on the whole time Christ was here? Why God was reconciling the world unto himself. And there's no other way to have that peace. Jesus in one place would say, I didn't come to bring peace but a sword. The peace doesn't come automatically. He is the Prince of Peace. And when the heart turns entirely to this Prince of Peace and opens wide the gates of the heart and says, Come into this life. Be my Lord and Savior. That Prince of Peace sits on the throne of our heart. And when the sinner is now reconciled with God, it's peace with God that brings the greatest peace into our lives. And, And that's a comforting, wonderful message for this time of year. Thank you so much for listening today. If you would like to reach us, you can email us at askthecrossroads at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can click on the link below the uh, description of this episode, and it'll give you the instructions on how to do that. We just want to say we wish all of you a very Merry Christmas, and we hope you have a wonderful time celebrating with your friends and family. But most importantly, remember the reason for it all. We'll see you next time.